for great-looking T-shirts, hoodies, and sweatshirts. The TNT Shop is now open at tntradio.live. This is the Hervoy Moritz Show on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. All right, round two here we have coming up this hour. Uh, awesome returning guest, Gabriel Custodiat of WatchmanPrivacy.com to talk privacy surveillance. He's got a new book coming out. Uh, he's been popular uh, on the podcast radio circuit as well. Uh, he was, with I think, on Doug Casey's program and uh, Tom Woods's show as well as an expat money with uh, Mikhail Thorpe who's also been a guest of mine so he's doing a lot of great work uh and just more news on the decline China Global Times publishes today uh article more discomfort awaits the West in 2024 if it doesn't adapt to the new reality it seems like a, a threat uh almost but uh they end the up the editorial with quote in 2024 the influence and dominance of the west whether in the russia ukraine conflict or the israel-palestine conflict will continue to decline if 2023 did not unfold according to their expectations 2024 is likely to deviate even further this will bring more discomfort for them for us washington now has to adapt to a new reality global south countries are becoming more mature and gaining more decision-making autonomy U.S. politicians who are used to dictating terms to countries worldwide and expecting developments to revolve around U.S. interests must reflect on and adapt to this new change. There's a new sheriff in town, says Beijing. Uh, Doug, Colonel Doug McGregor tweets, America is one minute to midnight. The threats this country faces are not on some foreign battlefield. They are right here at home. Also, adding to this crescendo of voices Niall Ferguson establishment historian does some interesting work he published an op-ed yesterday for Bloomberg the U.S. and Europe risk flunking geopolitics 101 it's worth a read he concludes he concludes the Pax Americana seems to be ending the fate of Ukraine of Israel and Taiwan too hangs in the balance I cannot say I am surprised it was always very likely that the overreach of the global war on terror would be requited in this way with the resurgence of isolationism. So from uh, China Global Times to Niall Ferguson, um, to Colonel McGregor, to the Russians, to everyone in between, they're all coming to the same conclusion. Uh, and I thought this was also interesting. El Intel News reports. A longtime Belgian politician worked as a spy for Chinese intelligence for at least three years, according to a joint uh, inv investigation by a consortium of European news. Uh, Frank Freyelman, 62 years of age, leading member of the Vlaams Belang uh, right party uh, in Belgium. So uh, I guess he had been recruited by the Chinese. And that, that follows uh, on an article today from Intel News, which says, the uh, China spy agency emerges as formidable adversary to CIA. So the CIA has sharply stepped up its activities on China, but Chinese espionage operations remain formidable and continue to pose challenges for American decision makers. What was most interesting for me was uh, in the conclusion of this article at intelnews.org. They uh, say that the uh, MSS, that's the Ministry for State Security in China, um, that they are increasing their output and making uh, their own aggressive moves abroad. That unlike Russian intel agencies, MSS does not have a tradition of planting undercover spies inside the U.S. Instead, and this is interesting for me, MSS 
operatives prefer to operate online through front companies with innocuous sounding names. They use these companies to recruit assets among Chinese expatriates, ethnic Chinese Westerners, and Americans without any ethnic connection to China. And this has been my complaint over the last couple of months and, and years that we've been seeing a lot of these multipolaristas, as I call them, these um, Westerners, these non-ethnic Chinese Westerners, Europeans, Americans, Canadians, uh, Aussies, New Zealanders, uh, Brits, 100%, you know, on board with the Kremlin, the collective Kremlin uh, and Beijing, never once ever criticizing China, pushing the China line, the Russia line, the multipolar line, without any criticism. It's kind of interesting that this report comes out. Maybe some of these multipolaristas are getting paid by the Kremlin uh, or, or China in alt media. I do not doubt this for one second. Uh, others, uh, you know, are true believers. Uh, but it's interesting that comes out. Also attesting to China's growing strength uh, on Twitter, Joel Atkinson reports, China has successfully shored up Russia's position in Ukraine, arguably tipped the scales in Russia's favor without triggering a strong response from the US and Europe. And he's talking about China's exports of transportation equipment to Russia, uh, just skyrocketing railway cars, auto trucks, aircraft and ships. Also a report China plans to keep ships near Senkaku's uh, 365 days. China plans to keep its ships near the Japan-controlled Senkaku Islands in the East China Sea every day now, um, as Xi Jinping has called for bolstering Beijing's sovereignty claims over the uh, islets. And Chris Rossini, who's been a, a guest on the show, uh, works with, uh, at the Ron Paul Liberty uh, Report. He says, if a major regional or world war breaks out, let it never be said that it was accidental or that the U.S. sleepwalked or stumbled into it, let it be known that blinded by unbelievable hubris, those in power were rapidly determined to bring it about. Uh, a few more headlines. Iran arms Hezbollah ahead of wider conflict with Israel. North Korea to launch new satellites to build drones as it warns war inevitable. Venezuela says troops will stay deployed until British military vessel leaves waters off Guyana. Never fear the globalist American empire, GAE, gay, and, and their rainbow fascism. Uh, today, same-sex mar same marriage became legal in Estonia. From today, it's possible to get married in Estonia regardless of gender. Le legislation to open marriage to same-sex couples, which was introduced uh, in May, has entered into force. Estonia be has become the first country among the former Soviet Union countries to legalize same-sex marriage. Israel's Supreme Court strikes down law limiting their power. A lot of interesting stuff going on all right why not give tnt radio a follow we're on all the major social platforms darpa darpa lifelog meta facebook twitter x instagram gab getter youtube rumble odyssey subscribe follow uh to us help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time on tnt radio conversations to inform and include it's meant for everyday people to understand today's news talk radio tnt julian assange the controversial founder of WikiLeaks, who's viewed as a hero to some and a traitor to others, the, the regime, the globalist American empire, is set to fight what may be his last battle against being extradited from Britain to the United Soviet States of America. Here with the story, joining me once again, TNT Radio news producer Adam Clark, aka Ruckus. 
Thanks, Savori. Well, no matter how you look at it one way or another, it appears the story of Julian Assange will be coming to some sort of ending this year. The final stage is being set and Assange stands ready to meet his fate in 2024. This is a big deal. Um, so uh, <laughs> there's a hearing. It's been scheduled to take place at the high courts in London uh, next month, February 20th to the 21st. It will be presided over by a two-judge panel to re-examine the decision made by a judge last June that denied Assange's appeal request to block extradition. The 52-year-old Australian is facing multiple charges from U.S. officials, including violation of the Espionage Act, receiving, possessing, and communicating classified U.S. government information to the public and conspiring to commit computer intrusion. The gravity of these accusations are substantial. Should he be extradited to the United States, Assange would stand trial in Alexandria, Virginia, potentially facing a staggering sentence of up to 175 years in a maximum security prison. The charges date back to 2010 when a U.S. Army intelligence analyst then named Bradley Manning, who has since undergone sex reassignment surgery and now goes by the name Chelsea Manning, stole 750,000 pages worth of classified cables, videos, and documents from the Department of Defense and then sent it. The largest unauthorized leak of classified material in U.S. history, U.S. history unsolicited to WikiLeaks. Assange, founder of WikiLeaks, that was back in 2006, uh, and he served as its de facto leader at the time, eventually made the judgment call to publish the material. And that was his crime, apparently. It stands to note, however, that there was no evidence that he and Manning communicated or that he in any way directed or encouraged Manning's actions. The scheduling of the February hearing date follows a series of bipartisan endeavors undertaken by lawmakers in the United States and Julian Assange's native Australia, urging U.S. officials to dismiss the charges against Assange and cease their extradition appeals. Julian Assange became the first publisher ever to face charges under the Espionage Act. Way to go, America. The case has sparked concerns among numerous press freedom organizations and Assange supporters who argue the prosecution establishes a perilous precedent aimed at criminalizing the basic principles of journalism, while U.S. prosecutors and critics contend Assange's WikiLeaks publication of classified material endangered the lives of U.S. allies. Last year, a collective of editors and publishers from U.S. and European media outlets, The Guardian, The New York Times, Le Monde, Der Spiegel, and El Pai, penned a letter titled, An Open Letter from Editors and Publishers, Publishing is Not a Crime pushing the U.S. to drop the charges against Assange. The controversial figure has been held at Belmarsh Prison in London since his removal from the Ecuadorian embassy on April 11, 2019, which, is prompted, which was prompted by his violation of bail conditions and marked a significant development in his ongoing legal saga. In an effort to evade extradition to Sweden, where he faced allegations of sexual assault, Ridiculous. Assange had taken refuge at the uh, embassy since 2012. His primary concern was the lack of assurances from Swedish authorities regarding his protection from potential extradition to the United States. The inquiries surrounding the allegations of sexual assault ultimately came to a close. Uh, so, yeah, it's coming up.
and I believe that his supporters in the wake of the recently announced hearing date are calling for a large scale protest to be held at the courthouse during the designated days of the proceedings. Again, if I'm not mistaken, scroll back to my report here. Yep, February 20th to the 21st. So this is it, folks. This is the final battle. Um, or what do you think? The, the final countdown, my recent guest, Martha Hennessy, who was a great um, Dorothy Day's grandchild activist dissident. Uh, I think she had recently mentioned she had been in the UK near Bel Belmarsh supporting um, Assange. And, you know, if I, I was thinking if I were Assange in his place, I'd probably be like, let's get over, get get over uh, you know let, let's get it over with the, this whole thing even if it means I, you know i'll be extradited and and be in prison for the rest of my life it's just kind of like let's get on with it you know i did have recently herbie k uh, on the program who himself had been five years um in prison uh he's he's got the 1964plan.org and you know he was open about it and he said he treated it as a monastery and if i had to go to prison i treated it as a, as a monastery i'd be reading a lot of books getting in shape uh and that sort of thing you know what else are you going to do um getting my spiritual house in order and so but you know if he is extradited it sets the precedent we're we're so screwed and I, i'm not confident in calling it yet but the road that we're on with the department of homeland security the american nazi stasi uh cisa nato the north atlantic terrorist organization that, that works you know it's it's this military intelligence insane complex where they're now trying to criminalize thoughts and, and words and, and not even thoughts and words that are wrong or lies, malinformation, the truth, the, the, the ugly truth of the, the evil of Brussels, London uh, and, and, and Washington um, and all these agencies. And so, you know, this what, what will happen to Assange will, as many have said, set the precedent for the rest of us around the world that we could be renditioned you know can kidnapped by governments uh for just not thinking correctly uh and so to is one of my past guests lauren lawrence uh, eastman says it's a dystopian hellscape uh that we're that we're facing ruckus your your, your further thoughts well, I mean, uh, for on the on the part of American presidents, uh, for what it's worth, uh, the Obama administration actually decided not to indict Assange during his presidency and further went on to release Manning, who had been sentenced to 35 years imprisonment. But we have President Trump's Justice Department to thank for indicting Julian Assange under the Espionage Act. And uh, thanks, Joe Biden, for uh, continuing to uphold that. That's right. So, uh I guess for what it's worth, the Obama out of the three, uh, he he kind of did the right thing by not doing anything, I guess. But maybe he should have done more if he actually cared, right? Like anyone here in America cares about the the fate of Julian Assange other than the people. But yeah, our government's gonna he's screwed if he comes here for we all know it. Hey, Mr. Trump, Operation Warp, Warp Speed, uh, and and then this with uh julian uh, assange so we can hope always hope for a miracle that he's not extradited so february as you say coming up but if he is extradited then it's not looking good it's bad for him uh, as well as for the rest of the world but uh you know i think we need more people like julian uh, assange to you know stand against the system its gears we have to throw ourselves uh, on 
the gears, as someone long ago once said. Ruckus, hasta mañana. See you tomorrow. Uh, we got Gabriel Custodia at WatchmanPrivacy.com coming up. Uh, welcome. We welcome your phone calls and uh, questions through the chat or uh, the contact form uh, to my email. Be right back. Rick Munn on TNT Radio. There was a, a statement that I saw last week that I thought was quite interesting from one of these uh, web spokespeople, the World Economic Forum spokesperson. And one thing that she said that I thought was quite interesting was she said, you know, um, there has been a little bit of a tail off with people buying into the vaccine narrative and she blamed that on people like us spreading so-called misinformation. She said that climate change was a little bit too much of an abstract concept for people to really grab and get their heads around. So that's not really taking off the way they want to either. And then she said something very interesting. She said, you know what? When the water crisis comes, people will understand that because it's simple and everybody needs water. And if you don't have water for a few days at a time, you'll know all about it. So maybe, you know, we're hypothesizing a little bit about what's, what it's going to take to grab people and bring them back on board again with a World Economic Forum type narrative. Could this be what it is? Locked in Loaded with Rick Mon on today's News Talk TNT Radio. Radio works because of its ability to personalize to the listener. What's exciting these days is that people are rediscovering it. You know, people are really rediscovering just how powerful radio is, how ubiquitous it is. It's in our cars, it's in our homes. There are so many new ways to access it. It's everywhere. To find out more, go to tntradio.live. Our next steps to space. This time we go back to the moon to learn to live, to work, to invent, to create. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Returning to the Rebel Transmission is Gabriel Custodiate, host of the Watchman Privacy Podcast. He's been living a privacy lifestyle for many years and figuring things out from research and sheer experimentation. He enjoys consulting and teaching others to live more genuine lives through techniques of secrecy and the cultivation of a worldview that sustains individual freedom. Uh, his website, watchmanprivacy.com. He's got a new book coming out as well uh, this month. Uh, it's always great to chat. Gabriel, Happy New Year. How goes it? Happy New Year to you as well, Hervoye. And that bio is a mouthful. I should probably cut that down, but uh, glad to be here. It's pretty concise. I've uh, had guests uh, with like send me page long <laughs> bios, but by the way, uh, kudos. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned before I, I watched uh, Mikhail Thorop's Expat Money uh, conference, which was I think back in October. He's sponsored my geopolitics and empire as well. I watched your presentation, which was, uh, and I'm not you know saying this just to say it. It was very like valuable. Uh, I learned uh, a lot. I had to like take notes uh, and you've been guesting on some great programs recently the the big uh show tom woods's program so things are going well no yeah i'm, I'm pleased that people are recognizing uh the value of privacy and freedom tactics and i try to get kind of straight to the point uh not beat around the bush and i don't know everything but the things that i do know i try to cut straight to the point and uh and give some value to people yeah, and a lot's going on. I'll get your thoughts on what you think is, because uh, you're the expert, uh, not me. And we want to hear from uh, my guests, the, the experts. And, you know, one of the first things uh, you've had on the list has been Bitcoin and Monero. Of course, your book is is on uh, Bitcoin. And um, I've been thinking a bit more of Bitcoin as well. I've been watching Max Kaiser uh, and, and others. 
El Salvador. I whatever one thinks of of Bitcoin, who's behind it, its genesis. It does seem. If I had to bet, I'd bet that it'll be going up uh, in price as some of these smart people like Max Kaiser, who will know a lot more than I do, uh, are are saying. And so I'm thinking maybe it's time to back up the Bitcoin truck. But your 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 thought and and uh, not, uh, you know, on top of that, the increased uh, authoritarianism that we are experiencing, uh, Bitcoin and Monero and stuff like that, uh, are going to become much more uh, useful going forward. So your your further thoughts on all of this. Yeah, so um, I think anybody listening to the show who's interested in, in privacy and freedom should at least give Bitcoin and Monero, which is a privacy cryptocurrency, uh, a shot. Now, I, I, I fully ex ex accept people's skepticism of them, where they came from, etc. The good thing about these systems, though, is that they were designed from the beginning not to rely on any trust. So it's a consensus system. You have all these computers around the world called nodes, and it's the 51% of them that is contributing to this uh, awesome technology. And so you really don't have to trust them at the end of the day, um, as long as you can trust the system. So it's a very fascinating thing to look into. And, you know, I love cash, Herboye. I have been using cash exclusively in person for three years. But the, the caveat there is in person, there's so many things we have to do online these days, and we have to have things shipped to us, etc. And so things like Bitcoin, private Bitcoin and Monero, which is inherently private, are excellent ways to, uh, to do that. They're, kind of privacy cash uh, for the online world. And that's kind of how I focus on cryptocurrencies. Uh, Bitcoin and Monero um, are the only two that I'm really interested in. And I don't care about the price so much because I'm in these groups, uh, the Samurai Wallet group uh, and this kind of community where we're just talking about how to use this as a, a feasible money online. And so I don't really care which direction the price is going. It's pretty clear that people believe in Bitcoin and that can only lead to it going up in price. Uh, but that's not my concern. I want to show people how to use it as a uh, digital cash. So that's what it's there for. And it's pretty good at doing that, actually. I think that's an important point you make when it comes to the necess necessity for some of us to, um, like like you, I've, I only use cash in the real world. And I've done it for 20 years. Like, it's always been for me, way before on this stuff that we're talking about, it just made the most sense. Uh, way back when, just for, for privacy reasons, I find it actually easier. I was at an OXO here in Mexico over the weekend, and they keep pushing like, hey, you want the points card? The OXO, you know, the 7-Eleven convenience store points card. And I actually told her in Spanish, I said, no, I, I prefer my privacy. And they, they don't even get it, they, they, these, these clerks, like what, what I'm even talking about. But um, just to what you're saying, and I know people have different obstacles to using uh, Bitcoin, some of it's technical, uh, as you said, some of it is um, their their belief. If you could just real quick, one of my obstacles is um, as a U.S. citizen, I fear the tax man, the IRS, and so um, I and I'm always um, proper with them. But one of the reasons I don't use it more than I do is technically I, I i might have to learn more about this and read your book but you're supposed to as a u.s citizen and you know any use you have of crypto you're supposed to report everything at the end of the year um and so just any thoughts on on my obstacle uh when it comes to using bitcoin or monero yeah of course so you're correct in the us there is a checkbox that you um are expected to fill out on your taxes that say basically have you have you had any cryptocurrencies during the past year. And of course, your your 
supposed to be, be honest with that. I mean, it's the IRS. You, you do not mess around with that. Um, and what I would simply say is you can do all the stuff. You can do all the private stuff um, and you can simply report that and say, yeah, OK, uh, these are the donations that I took in. I put up a quick Monero address to get donations and I got this much. And that's the equivalent of whatever US dollars, you know, whatever your accountant says. So you can do all that and still be within the uh, within the system, so to speak. Yeah, that, that's what I have been doing. I just haven't been using it as much, but I think that will that will um, change. And so, yeah, other thoughts on, on the use of um, Bitcoin, uh, Monero, uh, private wallets using Bitcoin exchanges. I mean, even private wallets, if you could just school me real quick, because um, I use an exchange, but although I think, uh, how, how does the cold uh, wallet stuff work? Yeah, so the, 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 there's a few things when you're first getting into this. And what I recommend most people, let's just talk about Bitcoin, uh, first of all, is there are some great software wallets. The one that I like is Sparrow Wallet. It's run by a, a fantastic guy, a real cypherpunk, and it's a, it's a trusted wallet. And you simply go through the steps to create the Sparrow wallet. You save your seed phrase, which is kind of the identity of this wallet. And then you can generate uh, addresses, which are basically long strings of, of numbers. And you can give those out and you can collect donations. And then you can uh, receive payments and pay people. There are some more robust systems such as uh, BTC Pay, where you can actually have invoices and do some of the, the business kind of stuff, all while retaining uh, self-custody of the Bitcoin, which is what I'm all for. Um, I don't deal with exchanges. <clears throat> um, I want to have custody of the Bitcoin and the Monero the entire time. That's kind of the point. Um, that's the entire purpose. And so um, even if you're on an exchange, you have a couple options. You could sell back to the exchange. Uh, you could send from the exchange to a software wallet like Sparrow, which is in your control. But uh, without getting too overwhelming, that's kind of just the, the basic features. You download the free and open source software like Sparrow Wallet. And then you are in control of your private keys, and therefore you are in control of your your crypto. Yeah, that's uh, again something I think I'll be looking into as well, and uh, and others can uh, as well. So there are uh, a number of options um, here for people, including like myself, who, who have been so far a bit uh, afraid to dip more of their toes in the water. We're going to jump to our headlines real quick now. TNT Radio News. I have huge news. Are you ready for it? Yeah. Do it. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. Japan activated tsunami warnings on Monday, following a series of potent earthquakes in the Sea of Japan. The Japan Meteorological Agency recorded several tremors off the coast of Ishikawa Prefecture and surrounding areas with one of the quakes measuring a preliminary magnitude of 7.6. USA Boxing, in its 2024 rulebook, has stipulated that transgender women, people who have transitioned from male to female, can compete against cisgender women under specific conditions. Are you enjoying listening to TNT Radio? Do you think we're doing a good job? Then please let us know. Why not leave us a like or a positive review or comment on Facebook, Gab, or Getter? Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time on today's news talk, TNT Radio. Talking to Gabriel Custodiate uh, of WatchmanPrivacy.com. Check out uh, his podcast. He's got a lot of resources. He's coming out with a new book this month. And you're talking about Bitcoin and Monero. Um, and I've just got a question. You mentioned this this company with this wallet. What happens if that company goes bust? Or 
I think that, or, or your thoughts recently on these reports, Ledger, I think is the name that they make the, was it the, the, the keys or, or, or one of the Bitcoin um, hardware wallets. I've actually got one, which I've just had sitting around literally, literally for 10 years with nothing on it. But um, I think they were hacked or something. So are, is there any danger with some of these wallets? Like if, if the, the companies, um, you, what do you do if the, if the, if the company's having problems, you just switch to another uh, one, uh, your thoughts there. Yeah. So, uh, Ledger is one of these larger Bitcoin companies and they, they do make a hardware wallet, which has integrated software. And my big problem with Ledger is that they're, they're closed source. And so you cannot see what's going on behind the scenes. And they've gotten to the point where they're kind of a, kind of a big tech company as it were in the, in the Bitcoin scene. So I tend not to recommend Ledger. Um, they obviously, when they're collecting user data and all this kind of stuff, there are more opportunities uh, for them to have uh, snafus uh, like they did, um, which is not fully compromising, by the way. It was just uh, uh, mostly inconvenient. Um, now, what I tend to recommend people do is to stick with the free and open source software. That is the key to our freedom. That's the key to our privacy. This is software that is, first of all, open source. So everybody can go and, and take a look, and people do, and make sure there's no funny business happening. It also has a tradition of not forcing updates on you. So you have to purposefully go and download a new update. And um, if there's something you know, weird going on, like the, the owner, the, the person writing the software is, has gone rogue, then you don't have to update that. Um, and so there's various safeguards in place for a free and open source software wallet like Sparrow Wallet. Um, I know the guy, Craig Raw from South Africa. He's an awesome guy. It's just one guy running this. And there's a whole community kind of built around there, helping him fix bugs and all the rest. Uh, and if there was something nefarious happening, it would it would come out pretty quickly uh, and we would know about it. Um, and so, uh, you know, it's it's not it's not just, okay, download this and you're done. You do want to stay on top of certain things that are important. But at the end of the day, free and open source software like uh, Sparrow Wallet with a fantastic creator who's outspoken about privacy and all the rest is what I would trust my, uh, my Bitcoin wealth to at the end of the day. Yeah, and again, like um, some of your talks that you've given uh, you know, I've learned a lot and I, I like that you focus on that. I, I fully agree with you. You know, I'm, I've learned, um, you, you've mentioned KeyPass, for example. I've never been a fan of, I forget the name of that big uh, brand, uh, MasterPass or whatever, where the, where it's in the cloud online, they've been compromised. Uh, but you, you've mentioned like KeyPass is another open source example that's that can, can be offline and not connected to the internet. And so there are a lot of great options out there. Uh, and then if, if they're, if you get any other, thoughts on Bitcoin uh, or Monero, uh, that, and then also you've you've been talking about how there's a apparently a resurgence of the cypherpunk movement. Yeah, uh, a few things there. So first of all, uh, there's a fantastic website, privacytools.io. And if you go there, you can see uh, a lot of the excellent free and open source software uh, that is privacy related. And the, the truth is we do have a resurgence in the cypherpunk movement, Hervoye. And these were people who in the 1980s, as, as you know, we were starting to get the internet, they realized the danger of it, the surveillance possibilities. And so what they did was they made encryption available for the masses. And cryptography was made available to all of us. And it was made available in various forms like PGP. And at the time, these people were under attack. It was considered a uh, munitions export if they were trying to you know, send it outside of the country. So there was some weird stuff going on. Uh, but they won in the end. And at the end of the day, all online privacy that we have is based on this encryption. 
So they created online privacy for us. And with encryption, which is just a, uh, a way of locking down a particular folder or section of the, the internet, um, you can do that. Like cryptography works, encryption works, and we have all these excellent services, whether they are password managers or uh, software like standard notes or um, all these various things that are locked by encryption and we have the keys and we're responsible as individuals for the keys. But as long as we are, um, then we have a very high certainty that whatever we do in that little section of our computer or the internet is locked down. And so we do, see, we do see a resurgence of the cypherpunk movement. These were people who are also kind of very skeptical of, of government and authority. And we have a resurgence of this, I would say, since around 2009 when Bitcoin came about. So Satoshi was a cypherpunk and he wanted to create a money technology that would be outside of the hands of the state. And he pretty well succeeded at that. And you can see along with Satoshi and Julian Assange and Edward Snowden, you have a lot of people who are starting to write excellent software. Um, I like the Samurai Wallet team, for example, in the Bitcoin community. They're hardcore cypherpunks. Uh, they don't they don't comply, they don't cooperate. Uh, they're, they're really awesome and they make great software. And so, yeah, we do see a resurgence of all these fabulous tools. Uh, Linux is a great free and open source software operating system that doesn't have the spying of Mac and Windows. So. Uh, we do have options. There's a lot of surveillance, but there are also plenty of options for us today. I, I love having folks such as yourself on. I also have Gabe of Libre Solutions Network, uh, that subsec.com uh, on as well. You are my, I rotate in my privacy surveillance expert gurus uh, in from time to time. And what you're discussing, I think it's, impor it's important. Um, if people haven't, now is a good time to get your digital house in order so to speak i've been pretty lucky over the years uh you know I, i've got external hard drives i'm enjoying my my d-google phone um i feel um more private and less surveilled using it knowing that uh google play and here the mexican government um they've got the software that i'm assuming their primary entry point is through the google play store uh and and apps to to surveil us although you know they can do it through the cell networks as well but my, my point is over the years i haven't had too much trouble i've got a lot of my stuff uh documents in digital form and so any every time i got to do paperwork with the government it's it's relatively easy for me because i've got my digital house in order the only time i ever i think i had my email hacked was funnily enough 2008 when i was at the geneva geneva school of diplomacy right as i was finishing up my graduate master's thesis my gmail got hacked uh, which was kind of odd, the timing. Um, I was able to contact Google and get my account back, but uh, I don't use Gmail anymore or any Google stuff unless it's you know only for my podcast on YouTube. But um, uh, yeah, a lot of interesting stuff there. And I've had Paul, I've had Paul Rosenberg and uh, OG Cypherpunk uh, a couple times here on TNT. And your further thoughts then on escaping CBDCs? You know, I, I'm always freaked out about that it's still it seems like it's going to be a few years before the cbdc's uh come online i think they need digital id first and once the digital id is set then they link that to cbdc so you, you, further thoughts on escaping cbdc's yeah so we know that cbdc's are being pursued in in most countries around the world and it makes sense and the 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 rulers of the world are pretty overt about why right they they want to control what you do and what you spend. 
and your behavior and all the rest. I think that's pretty clear. And I think a lot of people are waking up to that and they're pushing back. And I think that CBDCs will have a hard time of arriving in, in certain places. Um, though if it's un under the guise of a, you know, uh, uh, COVID kind of stipend, that that, that would be a, a way of sweetening the pot. Um, but escaping them, we talked about uh, Bitcoin and Monero. And just in case I didn't emphasize how awesome some of these technologies are, what I'm talking about is having no computers whatsoever, memorizing 12 words, just in your head, memorizing 12 words, walking across a border anywhere, accessing a computer, typing it in, having access to, let's say, theoretically, $2 billion worth of Bitcoin, sending that to somebody in China and that arriving in 10 minutes, like that, that's a pretty awesome technology. So I would certainly recommend everybody just, just play around, get familiar with Monero and Bitcoin. Um, just kind of start to understand it a little bit. I have a lot of episodes on my show that talk about that. And that's one way of getting around the CBDCs. Obviously you want to make a stink politically and join forces with liberty-minded people of whom there are a growing number and technologies like Telegram, which is not private, by the way, but has been a great way to have the kind of old style forums of the internet where you can talk uh, freely. You're probably being surveyed on Telegram, but hey, you have a lot of freedom to to speak. So just be careful what you say, but it's a way of people connecting. And I find that there are tons of people who are very skeptical on online these days about the government, about the World Economic Forum. And you can make lots of friends. You can meet lots of people, uh, like-minded people. You can join your communities, all the good stuff. Um, have internal economies. Uh, you know, gold and silver is, is something that I'm sure the listeners are familiar with. Just make sure you buy that in person with cash. That's obviously the best way to do it. Um, and now in the US, you have Costco and Walmart that are selling these. So, you know, we have a number of resources at our disposal. Uh, you have barter economies. I was just uh, looking at a fantastic book by uh, uh, Derek Bros called Opting Out of the Technocratic State. Uh, that's a fantastic resource. So, um, there's more and more resources out there and you just have to kind of get familiar with them, learn how to buy things with Monero. Uh, for example, there's a website called Monerica, like Monero and America, Monerica.com. And they show you dozens, if not hundreds of resources of how to buy things with Monero. So um, just start somewhere and get comfortable and we can absolutely fight back CBDCs. I have just uh, added Monerica to my uh, bookmarks here. Interesting. Uh, and Telegram, you know, I am a big fan of Telegram. I use it for my geopolitics and empire channel with 13,000 plus subscribers posting their daily. A lot of people from around the world follow my uh, channel there that I, where I curate what's going on and, and my Twitter feed. Uh, but I'm aware of what you're saying. I, I, um, I tell my wife if there's, you know, you know, sometimes we might have a spat and she'll start telegramming me and I'm like, Stop it. Tell you in person, you know, don't uh, post that stuff on the Telegram because then who knows who's got, um, you know, um, access to that. So I, I use some of these things knowing that they're, they're not entirely safe, but using them for for their more functional or practical um, purpose. And I, I got another question, though, and I agree with you when it comes to Bitcoin, Monero, starting to use it. But what happens, my fear is some sort of Internet kill switch where they're talking about you know you, you might need in the future digital id to even access the internet and th this could be a, some ways down the line but any thoughts on what would happen if your access to the internet itself becomes um restricted which then therefore might restrict you to you know to, to your access access to your crypto 
Right, right. That's a good point. And I'll just say in passing also, uh, Telegram never uh, presented itself as being a private messenger. So um, definitely uh, move on to a, a specific private messenger. Session is a good one. I know you're skeptical of Signal, Hervoye, but Session uh, might be one that you're less skeptical of. Um, and so, but yeah. Maybe uh, just just on thought, you know, at that ahead. point, yep. I, I'm also kind of, uh, there are a number of them, but, you know, any thoughts on some of the Swiss apps like Threema or uh, there's a new one, SwissCows.com which Dr. Robert Epstein, uh, the privacy expert, he recommends as his top search engine. I've interviewed him. Uh, and then Swiss Cows, they're coming out with a whole suite of uh, stuff now. They're based in Switzerland. They've, so they've got their own messenger app now called Telegard. Uh, and then they've got a VPN as well. They're rolling out another stuff. But any thoughts on stuff like, I don't know if you've looked into Swiss uh, the Telegard or, or Threema? Yeah, so going back to our, our, our good talk on encryption, uh, that's what these apps are using. And the, the thing here is, the people you're talking to also have to have these. And so that's why Signal is so powerful is because so many people are using it. Uh, you cannot send your Threema message to a stranger. They have to be using Threema as well. So that's kind of the downside. You have to bring people on board. It's totally possible, um, but you know it, it, it is a hurdle. Um, Threema is, is good. I, you know, I actually haven't looked very deep into Threema recently, but I've heard good things. And there's another one called Simplex, um, and you have one called Session. And the website, which I tend to trust, privacytools.io, can certainly send you in the right direction. I'm sure if I were to go there right now, they would be recommending uh, some of these. I still trust Signal. Uh, a lot of people do. And I think if they were compromised, then uh, I tend to think there'd be a lot of people who'd be in jail right now. Um, and we would we would have heard of it. Um, but uh, yeah, you can diversify. Uh, you can have multiple options. But uh, you know the the uh, the company, the Swiss company with the uh, the search engine and all the rest. There are also alternative search engines. That's a good point. And you can actually literally find different things that do not at all exist, even on DuckDuckGo. Um, so if you have an alternative browser, this is one of the easy ways of doing it. If you have LibreWolf, or you have Brave browser, or you use the Molvad browser, um, all of these are on that website, privacytools.io. You can have access easily to alternative search engines that are kind of baked in. And so you can find different parts of the internet that you never knew were there and that they're hiding from you, even if you're using something like DuckDuckGo, which is 100% censorious. Uh, there was a documentary on 3D gun printing. I tweeted about this, and it was not even on the first page. Their, their homepage was not even on the first page of DuckDuckGo. So that's a pretty flagrant example. Um, so yeah, um, there's lots of companies like this. You just have to kind of do a little bit of, of research, listen to people like myself, and and see what's a... Uh, see what people are investigating about these technologies. But yeah, Threema is one to look into, Simplex, Session, and Signal. And speaking of the 3D gun printing film, that was, uh, you're, you're talking about, well, there's there's a couple of them, No Control and Death Athletic Dissident Architecture by Jessica Solz. She's gonna be my guest uh, this Friday. So I'll be watching, I Excellent. haven't watched the films yet, but I'll be, I'll be watching the film this uh, week and then she'll be on first hour Friday. Uh, really good stuff. We're going to jump to our break. Uh, Gabriel, the website, watchmanprivacy.com. We'll be right back. Right now, the forgotten poor are waiting for healing and care, for life-saving medical care, for a chance to live with dignity and hope. They are waiting for Mercy Ships and you. Mercy Ships is the largest floating civilian hospital in the world with volunteer medical staff and crew who donate their time to save lives. 
And now, as our newest state-of-the-art hospital ship sets sail, Mercy Ships will double our ability to reach children and adults who need us now. Without the work of Mercy Ships, these patients don't have another option. Mercy Ships is answering the call to serve suffering people who have nowhere else to turn. Together, we are going to some of the world's most desperate places and bringing a wave of hope and healing to those who need it most. Thank you! Thank you! To learn more about this wave of hope, go to mercyships.org today. Whatever happens to good, it's a word that gets thrown around a lot and it's become our automatic answer to so much. Hey, how's things? Good. Your mom, your weekend? Good, good. Is good even that good anymore? At the Salvos, we believe good deserves better. Let's reclaim its true meaning. To us, good has always been about making a difference, and good never picks or chooses who it helps. Isn't it time we all remember what good really means? This is the Hervoy Moritz Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. It's our final segment with Gabriel Custodiate, watchmanprivacy.com. Great resource. He's got a podcast, uh, a lot of resources there, and uh, he's got a book coming out. By the way, he just mentioned um, the book by Derek Bros, How to Opt Out of the Technocratic State. I've got the physical right here in English and in Spanish. Uh, I picked these up last year at the Greater Reset. And I'm attending the, the the next Greater Reset in a couple of weeks in Morelia, Mexico. Come on down to greaterreset.org, or you can watch it online for free or uh, the recording uh, afterward. I haven't even I haven't read the book yet. I haven't I haven't had time, but I will. And he talks about Sam, Samuel uh, Konkin, uh, I think the the, the counter uh, economy. Uh, so a lot of fascinating stuff. And uh, this is kind of what we're going to need for the way forward in this gulag, this algorithm gulag. That's being built around us, and and uh, I we didn't get time to to get your answer to the question. But what happens, Gabriel, if our internet access begins to be limited as dissidents? How do you then access your crypto? Uh, but you know, saying that, I think going forward, the, you know, we've talked about the the black uh, market, or you know, um, in, in many dissident regime, you know, in Soviet Union, there's there have always been black markets and sort of ways to get around things and i think that sort of stuff will exist for a long time uh but uh, any thoughts on when it comes to internet access being limited and then uh, having uh still trying to maintain your access to crypto yeah i i, I haven't given those strategies too much thought uh, it is the case that there are dozens of instances of countries shutting down the internet in the countrywide or certain segments of countries in the past year and even this year there's there's dozens of instances that you can investigate now if if that were to happen of course you're going to have many other problems as well um you know how are how exactly are they going to target you individually that would be difficult so i think logistically it would be a uh, very difficult unlikely scenario um and of course we have all this free wi-fi around like um how exactly are they going to shut you out of the internet um you know and with the with bitcoin and monero you are you only need to connect to the internet uh, once initially in order for your private keys to be um, recognized and, and your Bitcoin to go onto the blockchain. And after that, you just memorize your seed phrase and you can go to a country that does allow you to access the internet and you can access it there. So um, also the the people in Bitcoin and Monero, they're very adversarial, adversarially minded. They're already working on ways to uh, to send 
and receive Bitcoin using mesh networks and things that do not rely on the internet and through satellites and, and other things. Um, this is not common technology, but they're certainly thinking and talking about it. And so I tend to think there will be some some ways around that, uh, that unlikely scenario. Yeah, just a few examples of that. You know, I, I've, I've looked into some of these satellite phone companies that Alt Media has been um, hawking uh, and they, those look like good options. They're expensive, the, the monthly fee, but I think they, they can give you, I mean, they give you phone, you can call any landline or mobile in the world. Um, and that by that way, you can avoid government surveillance as well, because, you know, the mobiles that we use, governments have access to the cell networks, but if you're using satellite, um, then they really can't. And I think th th that can give you internet um, as well. And I think in the end times, we'll have a few options. You know, I've mentioned this before, the Serbian... Australian um, evangelist, Nick Vujicic, uh, who has no limbs. I've seen him speak here in Guadalajara, Mexico. Um, he's building the pro-life bank because of cancel culture. So he's got money. He's going to create the actual physical one branch in Texas, I think in Dallas. Uh, and then it's going to be the rest of it's going to be fintech. So I think people from around the world will be able to open an account with pro-life bank, which he's trying to make where it's uh, a bank that won't cancel you. So for dissidents in the near future, pro-life, you know, whatever one thinks of abortion, nonetheless, pro-life bank, I think, is going to be um, one option for uh, dissidents going forward. Um, and I, I did want to uh, ask you about, before uh, getting to some of the other stuff like Ross, Ross Ulbricht, uh, any thoughts on Cyber Polygon? You know, we got the Netflix movie that come out backed by Obama about cyber polygon event you know world economic forum told us that before next year 2025 they're going to run basically uh, a false flag cyber event any thoughts uh have you been giving thought to that what any consequence might be for us if if, if uh, they run something like this yeah i must admit that's that's not something i've i've yet looked into i've i've heard i've heard about this this movie uh from obama and all the rest now uh, just from a practical level this is why I preach minimalism. Um, I'm not here telling people, you know, get all the digital stuff. I'm telling you, get off of the digital world. And you can do a whole lot more if you have software that's not even connected to the internet, which is completely possible. In fact, that's what all this free open source software, a lot of it does not even connect to the internet. You don't need an account. Um, it just exists on your computer. You unplug it from the, the internet and it can work just perfectly fine. So I'm a big proponent of that stuff, offline software, and just getting away, having fewer accounts, fewer online things that you rely on, uh, more things in person, and you can easily move in that direction. Um, and we've talked about uh, the kind of wealth that you can have that is non-digital, and even things like Monero and Bitcoin, you have your seed phrase and you, know, you can escape wherever you need to go. That's not going to be compromised. And so a um, an event where there's a huge cyber attack, um, I think we can imagine pretty easily how devastating that can be. All of our computers, or excuse me, all of our stuff seems to have computer chips in them. These days we have the internet of things. Uh, vehicles no longer start if they have a bad update as uh, the this, uh, this photo was going around on Twitter of a, a Ford truck, I think, which just said, yeah, the update failed. Um, so, you know, um, we can obviously uh, imagine how devastating that would be. Uh, what can you do about it? Um, besides what I've said, I don't know. Just uh, start thinking about it and start preparing. Yeah, I think we may have talked about minimalism before. I'm, I, I'm full on. Uh, I just love minimalism. I just hate stuff. Uh, and so uh, I think that's one of the biggest answers, what, what you just said. 
And I, I don't even necessarily think our own devices will be so affected, whether it's your desktop, laptop, smartphone. I think the issue more will be with any accounts that you have, whether it's on the cloud or your your uh, bank. You might not be able to access your your banking app and therefore your money in the bank. Uh, so as you've already mentioned before, put your put your assets elsewhere. And some of my recent guests as well, economic experts have been saying the same thing. And, and you know, any services that you need, maybe find alternatives, as as, as you've uh, already mentioned. Uh, we got a couple uh, minutes left. And, and also one more thing, as I mentioned earlier, this uh, getting your digital house in order, you know, people talk about spring cleaning, spring is coming up digital, I always uh, practice digital spring cleaning. And so what I try to do is I go through all my bookmarks, try to cut stuff I don't need, uh, even accounts maybe that I've opened with certain online websites. If I'm not using it anymore, I go in, I cancel them, I delete them. Uh, I, I realized I had an old PayPal account from 15 years ago, uh, you know, I'm banned from PayPal by the DHS but I had a random old account and I went in and deleted it because I'm pretty sure if I started using it again, uh, they'd probably ban, <laughs> ban that too. Uh, so a couple minutes left, you know, any other thoughts as well as uh, Ross Ulbricht? Yeah, so um, in terms of digital minimalism, I just rec encourage people go listen to my free uh, podcast, especially the early episodes. That's a huge uh, thing to be doing, Herboya. You're absolutely right. We don't need more things online. We don't need more privacy services. We need less things. We need less things on our computer and our phone. The reason why I want to talk about Ross Ulbricht, he kind of fits into all this. He was the creator of the dark net market called the Silk Road. And this was something that closed down, I think it was 2013. And you could basically go onto the Tor browser and you could go to the website and you could buy things. You could buy drugs, you could buy guns, you could buy all kinds of stuff. And it was sent just through the regular mail. And it was packaged very carefully. And there was a whole ecosystem of that. And if we kind of transplant that outside of the US uh, and the West, and we say, okay, let's say somebody in Venezuela wanted to create a dark net market using Tor, they can absolutely do that. It's what, what we learned from Ross Ulbrich is these things are completely feasible. Uh, he did something very stupid where he promoted his website with a email account in his real name early on when it was just getting started. And so that was the that was the little thing, that was the little uh, um, cookie crumb that uh, got the feds eventually onto him and you know they kind of pieced it together. But he ran this thing for years, uh, for years before they actually caught him. So encryption works, uh, Tor works, and these uh, freedom uh, markets can absolutely work. Uh, if you live in a tyrannical country, it could be an option. Uh, encryption definitely works. So that's kind of the final message there. Yeah, just speaking of email, I'm a big fan of, and I know you know email is perfect and my provider is, I have a lot of criticisms, uh, but I use uh, start page, start mail. Uh, and the real cool thing with them is they give you now unlimited aliases. So I can create an alias for signing up for something and it's disposable. Uh, it'll be routed later to my real email, but whoever's I give it to won't know my real uh, email. So I, and I can turn it on and off and, and so forth. And so, uh, that's important. Well, uh, always great to chat. Gabriel Watchman, privacy.com. When is your book coming out? Real quick. Uh, book on Bitcoin coming out in, in the next month or two. So that should be interesting, but lots of free resources just on the podcast. All right. I look forward to um, getting a copy uh, of your book and talking to you again in the near future. Have a rocking and rolling 2024. 20, uh, Gabriel, um, Steve Malzberg is up next. So don't touch that dial and uh, be seeing you.